Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Welcome to the Art of Badassery podcast. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and we have an exceptional guest today. Her name is Atusa. Now, Atusa is not your average woman. She is a modern-day shaman, a transformational, heart-centered, and spiritual guide with a remarkable gift for motivating and inspiring others. You're going to love her story. She's also a best-selling author, a talented poet, and a digital artist. Her mission is to help people ignite their inner light, guiding them to release the weight of traumas and reprogram their fear-based living, ultimately leading them to a more heart-centered and peaceful existence. Her journey is a testament to the incredible strength of the human spirit. Born in Tehran, Iran in 1972, Atusa faced adversity from a young age. Her parents divorced when she was just two years old, and she endured verbal and emotional abuse from her father. Her early years were marked by the turbulence of the revolution and the Iran-Iraq war, which she experienced while she was still in Iran. At 11, Atusa and her family migrated to the United States, where she embarked on a path that would lead her to unexpected places. Remarkably, she earned her bachelor's degree in engineering at 19, a testament to her resilience and determination. However, her journey was challenging as she was in an abusive marriage and faced financial difficulties. However, again, her story does take a turn as she reinvents herself, emerging as both an artist and a healer, ultimately embracing her shamanic calling. Today, Atusa is a true badass who has turned adversity into an art form of resilience and healing. Join us as we explore her remarkable journey and her wisdom. Welcome, Atusa. I couldn't be more honored that you're on the show today. Oh my God, thank you. I'm honored by just that opening uh, comments, statements, really amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on your show. You know, um, so many of us go through life one foot in front of the other. Sometimes we smile, sometimes we cry. Not all of us stop and ask ourselves, is this what I want? And it sounds like from the story I've just read about your journey that you've actually done that a few times. Would you mind taking us back to, not the very, very beginning, but taking us back to a time where you actually did that, where you went, okay, I'm just going to stop for a minute. This doesn't actually feel good. I'm not sure this is what I want. Several points in my life. One of them was actually when we migrated to U.S. At that point, you know, as you read, so many things had happened. And I always had so much fear and anxiety. And I was so sensitive to everything. And when we moved here, I didn't speak English Uh, didn't know language, didn't know the culture, didn't know anything. And that just exaggerated everything. And I got to move from um, 
we came, we stayed in DC with in Virginia with my aunt. And then from there, again, I had to move to Minneapolis. And after that, it was like, okay, you know, I just feel everything's out of my control. I need to get control back of my life. So the fear got me to want to take control. And that was the path to engineering. It was like, okay, what can I do? Okay, I need to get out there, make money and start living my own life. So I know I'm safe and I know I'm supported. So that was the first part of that, you know, how I got to be uh, at 19, getting my electrical engineering degree, because I went to um, summer school. I went to night school um, to get my diploma quickly. And when I went to college, I was taking like 21 credits a semester in order to like finish up. My goal was like, I need to finish. I need to get out there and work. And that's what I did. And it was working in a way for me until again, you know, fast forward, I went and, you know, became successful at engineering, um, made a good amount of money. And then everything went away. And at that point, um, I had gotten married and the marriage, um, you know, I was pregnant. And from the beginning, it was not working. But since um, I was pregnant, I wasn't traveling anymore for work. I was stationary. And that was like, okay, no, this is like, this is crazy. I can't do this anymore. Um and that when I separated um, from my ex, that was the turning point again for me that um, I used to be able to tolerate a lot of stuff like my threshold for pain and for what I call, you know, shit is high and um, universe had to pile it on for me to like say, it's like, is that enough? Is that enough now? Are you, do you agree now? Can we move on? So at that point, I think it was the universe saying, okay, enough already. Um, you've got other things to do over here. We need you to stop. And it was that uh, pause in that I couldn't do the work. The work I was so successful in doing, I couldn't do anymore. I would sit there in front of the computer, look at my uh, documents, and I would just sit there and cry. Not because I was like upset, you know, emotionally, but I it was like I was reading Chinese. I couldn't understand the words on the screen. I couldn't write anything. And this was like for months. And, you know, I told him, I'm just like, I can't do the work right now. So I took a leave of absence and still I said, okay, maybe I'll go find another job and maybe I'll get better. But it didn't. And soon that leave came to an end and the money came to an end and but I was guided you know I started uh, painting I started doing my artwork not to sell just because as a way of a release for myself and um, I was Rumi's always been one of my best guides and you know I was reading the Rumi poems and painting and you know soon turned to di digital and um, 
friends encouraged me. He's like, this is good. You should put it out there. I'm like, okay. I didn't even, it's funny. Like for somebody that doesn't have any artistic background, meaning like I didn't go to school, I didn't study art to suddenly like say, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm putting my art out there. No, no background whatsoever. Um, you know, I said, what do I got to lose? And also my healing work, um, before all this, I had uh, gotten the certification as an energy healer, and I was doing different kind of healing for, um, you know, friends, family. And again, one of my friends, he said, you know, I see you doing this work. I see you. And I had a room downstairs that, you know, was sort of like a office slash playroom, whatever, I was like, I see that room. I see you in there. And why don't you just start? And I said, okay, what do I got to lose? <laughs> and so that's how I started. Those were, that's the beginning. Wow. I'm wondering though, can we go back a bit? Because I'm just amazed. I, I mean, I can think back. I can remember what it was like when I was just graduating. I graduated early. And I can't quite wrap my head around the dedication and the grit that you um, had to find to get your degree at such a young age. But I am curious, what was it about the field of electrical engineering that called to you so? It was easy. I knew I could do it. That's simply it for me. I knew I could do it. Um, it was a field that I knew I could, because I loved architecture, actually. If, we, if I had in my way, I probably would study architecture or even maybe civil engineering. But then I knew I would have a harder time finding a job at that point. And that's why it's like, okay, I can't do that. I can't do that. What's the next thing? I was never like being a lawyer, doctor, never called me. So you see money was a motivator here. So it had to be something I knew I could make money, good amount of money quickly. And out of those, then it was like, okay, which one is easier to get into? Yep. Engineering. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So you got into engineering. You were successful. You made the money that you wanted. And then you lost the money. Mm -hmm. What was the lesson for you in that? The lesson in that for me was that uh, several different ones. One was uh, for me to realize how much um, I had given my life away. Because the way I lost the money, it wasn't like a losing, like I didn't gamble it away. Um, I just was like, I was like, I don't know what to do with money or, oh, it's, you know, better. Why don't you handle this for me? Why don't you handle this for me? Oh, okay. I'll give you this. I'll give you. So it was more letting sort of family at that point take over my finances because I deemed like I didn't know any better. That was one. And um, the other part of it was for me to realize um, money has always generationally even has been a big factor um, for my life. And I think for, it's for a lot of stuff because generationally, if you look at uh, especially people from cultures that there has been a lot of wars, famine, uh, losses, um, there is financial sort of 
energy hardship that comes with it. There's a mentality, a behavior that comes with it. So my family, generationally, the way we treated money was from a place of lack because there was so much loss. You know, my grandparents, uh, their parents before them had so many losses. And um, it was for me to see that that lack is in me, feeling that, you know, I don't, it's like you could give me, I, I had, I had millions of dollars and I was like, I don't have any money. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like when you have that mentality, then why even have that money? You're saying you don't have money. And it was for me to realize all that generational baggage and all the behaviors and mentality around money. And also, and this was a big important one, that I was letting money decide my life, not abundance, not my heart. And that needed to happen in order for me to shift to that state of mind and live like that, that I am abundant. And my abundance comes from so many different sources in so many different ways. And I'm truly blessed. And it's not about money. It's not about a paycheck. And money is just a little item in this flow of abundance. It's so interesting that we're talking about this because I... I have a money story. Just everybody has a money story, I think. Um, and sometimes it serves us and sometimes it doesn't. What I find so interesting is how do we, is it possible to easily, and I know easily is a, is a relative term, define that balance, that sweet spot, sweet spot, because I've even found myself going, okay, I get it. I live in an abundant universe, but I still have to pay the bills. Like, oh my God, like, do you want, do I have to lose everything in order to fully trust the universe? Like where, how do we, and I include myself in this, how do we allow ourselves the recognition that we have this story, whether it's a generational story or it's starting with us, regard doesn't matter. How do we accept it and then flip it so that we can wake up in the morning and go, I'm fully you know, I live in an abundant universe and I, I trust that everything is going to work out and not lose our mind or not have, you know, not have our friends and family think, well, they're Looney Tunes. Are you, can you pay the bills? Right. Because we live in a society that is run. That, I don't want to say we're run by money, but we all have bills. I mean, there's some reality that that we get hit with daily. And you hit the nail on the head that what I did differently and what I am continuing to do differently is that I do look crazy kind of on the outside. I do. I mean, like, here I am. Everybody was telling me my house was in foreclosure. And every logical, sane person was like, you need to sell the house. I'm like, no, this doesn't feel good to me. You need to sell the house. No. This doesn't feel good. And they're, they're looking at me it's like, okay, she's going to be out in the street because they're going to come take the house if she doesn't sell it. And what is, she, I'm a single mom, you know, what is, it's like, what is going on in this crazy person's head? But that was the test for me that I said, I have lived my life listening to all you people. 
I even lost all my money because I did listen to all you people. I'm not doing that anymore. I have to trust my heart. I have to trust my knowing. Even if 100, 1,000 people, whoever comes, stands here and says, this is the way. And in my heart, it just says, no, I'm going to listen to this because I've lived all my life not listening to this and trusting the logic, trusting society, trusting the same people, sort of same people. So if I look insane to you, that's totally fine. And that's what I did. And I continue to do it that way because I completely trust whatever's in front of me. It's there for a purpose, not just for my benefit, but everybody else that's involved in that story. Okay. My mind is blown because first of all, I, I, I love the story and I appreciate it and I believe it, but then there's still a part of me. And I know that there's people listening that are going, yes, but, oh, that sounds nice, but. So I want to get right to the guts of the story. Your house is in foreclosure, which means that you owe money to the bank. I'm assuming. And you said, I'm not selling it. I'm going to get the money. The money is going to come from another way because this is my house. Correct. And how did the money come? I'm, I'm curious. The money came um, at that point, to be honest, I had um, disconnected a while before that from all my family for various other reasons. And um, it just, and I wasn't, they didn't know what was going, they knew and they didn't. And I, you know, I had a lot of pride that I wasn't going to ask for anybody's help. I wasn't going to ask for that. I wasn't going to go for this or that. And I sat and sat and like, okay, you know, I'm just going to, when I need to do whatever it is I need to do, it's going to show up. I'm going to know it. Um, I'm doing all this. I'm sending resumes out. I'm sending all these things. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm all in. Let's go. Resumes. I mean, even the resume jobs, it was the funniest thing. I would apply. I had, I don't even know, six, 10 different kind of resumes for different kind of jobs, overqualified, underqualified, not even in my field, staff admin, you name it. I had, I was like applying for everything and anything. And um, I wasn't getting any of it. And one day I was sitting there and it just strongly came to call my sister. And um, we hadn't talked, we didn't know. Uh, it, probably at that point for a year, we hadn't spoken. And I called her up and I said, this is what's going on. And um, you don't have to say yes. You don't have to say no. But, you know, I'm following my heart. And my heart said to call you and let you know what's going on with the house. And she said, okay, let me see. And she helped. I'm still in that same house. Uh, but but the thing is that later I came to realize too, and right now even, like I pay for all the bills and I don't know, honestly. I don't, like if somebody comes and looks at my finances, they're like, their mind is blown. It's like, how is she doing it? I'm like, I don't know. That's why I don't look at it that way because it doesn't match up. I don't know how something comes in, something goes out for a while to even, and you had a good point. You don't have to do it my way. My way was because I, for what I'm doing, for the life I'm leading, for the people I'm helping, 
I needed to have this. But what I recommend to my clients is not go all out crazy like me, but take the steps to disengage from that mentality of money and bills and money has to come from a paycheck. Get up every morning, feel and count the abundance that you have from the window that is next to you and you're looking out, from the chair you're sitting on, from the road you're driving, from the tree in front of your house, the rain that's coming down, the bird that is singing, those are all abundance and you're not counting it in. So we're gonna take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass, from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. I love that. And I want to thank you for sharing because as so often happens in my world, I chat with and I meet, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And every conversation I have, if I allow myself to recognize it, is exactly the one I need to hear. So I just want to say thank you from me to you. I know lots of other people needed to hear that, but I'm going to be very vulnerable and say I needed to hear that too. And I really honor you for, for sharing that. What I love about your story is, I think, it's a beautiful recognition that we are spiritual beings having a human existence. And sometimes it's tough. And sometimes, often, we get caught up being the human because that's what we've agreed to do. I personally believe that we're here, everyone, um, I chose to be here in this life, in this time, with this face, this body, these thoughts, these challenges, because I'm here to learn something. But I often forget that and I get caught up in the day to day. Oh my gosh. You know, when I was, when my kids were young, it was, oh God, got to get the kids, got to get her to dance, get her to soccer, do this, do that. Like I was very much caught up on, on the should do's as what it says, uh, the umbrella of being a mom and being a good mom, whatever that meant, whatever society told me and whatever I read into that, I followed it very, you know, I was determined. And it really wasn't until I had in my, just a few years ago, sort of come to Jesus moment where I went, I'm not happy in my world. How is it not, how is it possible I can have so much and yet feel so disconnected from my purpose? And that was the beginning of a change for me. And I love that you are sharing quite vulnerably and openly that it's happened to you a few times in your life. Um, so thank you. Thank so you. you are not working as, a, as an electrical engineer. You've done a, a lot of beautiful things. Talk to us about the time. Um, you mentioned it to me earlier before I hit record that you were in your practice was going quite well. You were meditating and all of a sudden it's like you had this major aha. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, so I was doing the practice I have now and, um, you know, it's been successful and 
um, I was sitting there. I often sit there and just in quiet. I love, especially the morning quiet. I love it. I'm sitting there and just meditating. And suddenly I have the vision. It was like everything from my childhood, everything that had happened lined up. Like there was this path and I was seeing everything come into this place of where I was standing and I was just like, I was, I started crying really just uncontrollably. I started crying at all of how amazing, like who planned this? This is like magnificent. Like now I see like every step of that needed to happen exactly the way it happened. Otherwise, I wouldn't be standing here today. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing the work I was doing. It needed to happen that way. And that was the shift for me to really whatever was happening in front of me to say it's a gift. I don't know how. I don't know what's going to come out of it. But I know it's a gift. I know it's here for a purpose, for a purpose to learn something, to uh, gain something, to release something, or even it's not even for me. It's for somebody that's involved in this story right now that needs my presence in here somewhere. And um, that was like, I, I still like sometimes I feel that moment like, ah, yeah, that was good. That was good. Well, just listening to you tell the story gave me the shivers because I think that that's, we all want that. And I've had, I think I've had glimpses of it, but I want more. I want to roll around in the joy of freedom, of release. I want to skip down the street without a worry. Well, I do that anyway. People look and point, but I don't care. I, <laughs> I love but, it. No, I think it's so, it's so vital. And, you know, we do get caught up. Okay, I'm not going to speak for everybody. I can get caught up in the, in the, earthly planes of, of stuff, right? Oh my God, it's, you know, I got to get this done, whether it's a financial thing or an emotional thing, a mental thing, there's, a, there's a thing, right? I think many of us go through our days and there's just that thing. And some of us will go, okay, thing, I'm willing to look at you. Many of us go, okay, thing, I'm not willing to look at you. And we just dampen it down. So I'm curious if the work that you're doing helps people recognize that thing? And if so, what do you find, what do you find often comes up for your clients when you help them identify that thing? Um, definitely, I help them with that. That's part of it. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned it too. The book that I just wrote uh, covers a lot of that, covers all the rules and, you know, shoulds and shouldn'ts and everything and why, how to look at things that's coming, where to get to that place of trust, trusting what's in front of you, it's for a reason. But um, the main thing, the first step of this is awareness. You got to start becoming aware of those personalities, those personas, avatars, whatever you want to say that you've created that's living this story, this life. And there are multiple of it. If you sort of go inside, I bet you you're going to find anywhere from 12 to 22 avatars. And it is. 
I mean, like when I, I do this, like toward, you know, the sessions I do is like a, somewhere between eight to 12 sessions. And toward the end, when we've gone and released all the traumas and healed them and reprogrammed some stuff, I get them to that point that, okay, now it's time to look at all these avatars. And when I bring them out, a lot of times they're just overwhelmed. It's like, oh my God. And that's where you need to sit and find that space between who you truly are in this physical form, what you came in this physical as this spirit that's embodied this physical form, and all these personas and avatars that you've created over the years because of things happening to you, because things passed down to you, because of behaviors, patterns, whatever reason. And that each time you're getting triggered and you're getting involved in the reality is one of these characters that's gotten too involved in the story. So that is the first step of becoming aware of those characters. So they're not running the show anymore. And even if they are, you're sort of looking at them like, I see you. It's okay. You want to go play that story? That's fine. Go. I'm watching. I've never heard it described in quite that way before. And so for those of you that may not be familiar with the term avatar, really what we mean, it's just a persona that you take on that served you in the moment. Right? So um, we may not realize that we have you know, there may even be more than one, like we may not even be th thinking along those lines, but really to Atusa's point, when we start to question, and this is what I discovered through the work that I do, because I, I have a coach and I, I'm a certified mastery method coach, and I've done a lot of inner child work. And I'll be the first to admit that I kind of poo-pooed it at the beginning. I'm like, I took this year long certification and I just wanted the business component. I'm like, I just need to know how to make money. Right. I, I'm a coach. I love what I do. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm a writer, but I just need to know how to make money. And it was really funny because the business component was the second half of the year. And I remember being angry, like, oh, come on, can't we be at the beginning? Because I'm not really, I don't really resonate with this touchy feely, go back to childhood, talk about what's bothering you crap. I didn't say crap, but I was kind of thinking it was so foreign to me. I just didn't know about it because I, I'm a happy girl. I've had a great life. And I remember feeling a little bit outside, you know, there's this three or 400 people in this course. And I thought to myself, Oh my God, everybody's crying. Like everybody's so upset. Like what is, what have I got myself into? And then of course I, I started to do the work and I, I learned the tools and I, every, every week I would pair up with somebody and we would coach each other. And, you know, within two weeks, I'm like, I'm a believer. I need help. I've got stories upon stories. And I, I just had, I didn't know because I had created a beautiful life for myself. But it wasn't until I got a coach and I started doing the work that I realized there were a lot of things that I was not listening to about my world. There were things that I picked up in childhood that I believed, but just weren't true. Uh, things like, I grew up with my, I'm the youngest of four. My siblings always told me to shut up. I talk too much. I'm a Sagittarius. I love to talk and dance and sing and laugh and play. And I remember, I've told the story once before, you know, hearing my, my siblings say to my mom, can you just make her shut up? Like, she just needs to stop talking. Mom, Jesus, shut up. And I didn't think it affected me. 
until I realized how much it affected me. And now I'm, I help women tell their story because I know that every story is beautiful. Every opinion is beautiful. So um, got a little sidetracked there, but to, to just reiterate, we all have personas, avatars, um, board of directors are a lot there's a group of people that refer to it as you know you've got a board of directors running your life and who's actually doing actually running it right but in the work that you do atusa i love that you recognize that clarity understanding awareness is is so important that's the first step and from there where do you take your clients um honestly all the steps are in my books i take it's like 13 chapters you know what we haven't we haven't actually mentioned, I just mentioned you were a, a best-selling author. Can you tell us about your book? Yes. Um, so it just got published on uh, August 11th. It's called Change Yourself, Change the World, uh, Transform Your Life from Fear-Based Living to Choosing Love and Seeing Magic. And it has my story in there. A lot of my stories are weaved throughout and my poetry but that's basically it. It has, um, I think, 13, 14 chapters, and each chapter takes you through these steps of why, you know, explains them what it is, why it's important, how to do it. And then it has practice exercises at the end. And I also included four stories from my clients. Uh, you know, I had them share, you know, whatever they wanted to share about the work they've done in their life. Um, so, after so that's what the book is about it's all available on amazon ebook and paperback as well um but after awareness it's taking responsibility for your life meaning that now that you're aware now that you're seeing these characters you can't keep saying well it's so-and-so's fault it's the situation's fault it's this person's fault if i had that if only if all those things, it's you stop and you take responsibility, meaning, no, I'm the creator of this life. Even those things that I don't want to admit, I created that even. It's all me. It's all my responsibility. Now that I'm responsible for it and I see these characters that I've developed, what? and that's the next step, I have a choice. What do I choose to do? I always have a choice. People say, well, you don't always have a choice. You say, I always have a choice. It could be a difficult choice because you don't want to do it. You could say, well, you know, that's not really a choice. That's not really a choice means, no, it is a choice, but you don't want to do it because you're afraid of the consequences. That's a different thing, but you still have a choice. So don't fool yourself. Say, I don't have a choice. So those are the first major three steps that you got to take ownership. And that's where your power comes from. I I love that. And it's so true. And, you know, even in little things, I found that the minute I take action towards it, even if it's picking up the phone and leaving a message for my mom, if I've been, you know, fretting, reaching out to her, I haven't done it in a while, I'm concerned, I feel badly. I just have to pick up the phone, whether I talk to her or not, isn't really the issue. The issue is that I've taken action towards something that was not sitting well with me. And I mean, that's a very minor example, but it's so true. I say that to clients all the time is get clear on who, what you are, who you are, what you're working on and forgive yourself for believing the bullshit, whatever that story is. Give you, you know, let's figure out what the truth is. 
And then what's one thing that you can do this week? What's one thing that you can do in service of your dream? Just one. I'm not asking you to figure out, you know, exactly all the steps to, to reaching your goal, because I truly believe, and I know this from experience, that I actually don't know shit. The universe has a much better idea of how to get me what it is that I want. I am very creative and I think, oh, I know exactly how this should play out. And then I get disappointed when it doesn't happen that way. So I am learning to let go of my need to know how and just focus on the what, the beauty, the love, the laughter, the sunshine, because my dream is to is to move back home to Jamaica um, or to be able to live there whenever I want. So that's my dream and to travel the world, talking to women and doing my story. And I can get caught up in the, how is that going to happen? Oh my God, I can't even, I, I can't even afford to fly to Vancouver. How can I, how can I be flying around the world in my dreams? And then I quickly catch myself going, okay, you know, that's not my business. Truthfully, my father always said to me, that's not your business. That's the universe's business. And I did not understand him because I was too little. I'm like, I'm, you're, you're a weird old man. That's what I was thinking. Of course, now I know he was so, so amazingly ahead of his time and in tune um, okay. So you are now at a place where you are very cognizant that you are, that you have stepped up and stepped into your purpose. How does that feel every day when you wake up? Just fantastic. I tell people it's like, I don't work anymore because I'm doing, it's like every day is like, it's not work. If you're like, you're doing your passion it's not working anymore. That was my advice to my son. I'm like, find something that you're really passionate about and you're happy. Go do that. Forget the money. Forget college. Forget money. If you do, you want the college and money, all that stuff, great. Go do it. But first, find out what you're passionate about. Everything else will fall into place. And that's what I do. Um, and it's not, people get confused that, you know, so, you know, you just wake up and everything, sunshine and roses and everything. So it's like, no, that's the way it feels inside. Inside, I fully am in a trusting place. I'm fully from a heart place. I'm fully from a love place. Peace and joy inside here. Outside can look as crazy as you want. Things are happening on the outside. But inside... I know better and I don't care what the outside is because the outside is just trying to get me somewhere. Things need to come, things need to flow, things need to move. And it's fine, it can. And as if it's happening, I can enjoy it and say, yeah, let's go. Every day I get up, it's like, I'm ready, let's go. Where are you taking me? Awesome. And I'm chuckling because I know that there was a time, you know, quite a few years ago when, I would base my happiness on the outside. And I think a lot of us do that. When I have the marriage, when I have the kids, when I have the car, when I have the career, then I'll be happy or then I'll feel worthy or then I'll feel safe. Um, and to your point, really, if we give ourselves permission to look for it, all of that is within our children of the universe. It's, I, my kids grew up hearing me say that to them. And of course, now they understand, but at the time they, you know, who knows what they were thinking, but we are spiritual beings and it's all the outside stuff is just pretense, right? just pretense. Um, when we can find safety and love and security and worthiness just in ourselves, then everything falls into place. 
the challenge for most of us though, is finding that balance of this and that. And I, that's why you and I do the work that we do. It's to help people in whatever way works to find that balance and to find that understanding that they are more than their house. You're more than your looks. You're more than your career, your job, your car, all of that stuff. You, we are so much more than that. But I love that exactly. you separate the two so, so eloquently. So you've got a book that's just been released. And guys, just, of course, in the show notes, everything will be in there because I do want you to get this book and I want you to connect with her because she's, as you can see, she's very amazing. You are a poet. You are a digital artist. Can you explain to us the difference between digital artist and artist artist? Um, digital artist means that my canvas and paintbrush is computer or digital pad. It's not a, a paintbrush. So everything I create, um, mine is actually, I think, a little bit different, too, is um, I start out with pictures, photos, and um, those photos, I layer them and I um, mess around with it and add color and just tinker with it, tinker with it, different layers until it just like turns into these images. And a lot of my artwork also, since it's digital, I guess it doesn't have to be, but I also create a video. So when you have the actual print piece, like the cover of the book is actually augmented reality. So there's a free app and you point to either the canvas or in this case, the book, and you'll see it'll come to life. Okay. I don't, I've never heard of that. That's super cool. Yeah. It, it's fun. It's fun. I enjoy making it because it brings all my artwork. They all have inspiration to them. It has a story in, you know, to it for me. So that video captures a little bit more of the story of the art and the inspiration of the art for me. Um, so yeah, so if they get the book, I think on the second page, I talk about how to download the app and look at it. Or if you go on my Instagram, um, I have examples of my augmented reality art there. You can see. So beautiful. One last question. And I think this was a question that was in the form. If you were, if you had the chance to go back to a younger version of yourself who was, was perhaps struggling at the time. If you were able to talk to her and give her any advice, knowing what you know now, what would that what would that advice sound like? Or conversation? It may not even be advice. Honestly, I don't. It's it's funny. I think I would have. If you asked me many years ago, I probably would advise her: don't be afraid. Things are gonna get better. But knowing that all of that was my training ground to be able to do this work, I wouldn't tell her anything. I'm like, just wait. I, I love that answer. I love that answer. That's beautiful. Atusa, it has been such a pleasure getting to know you better. Um, Thank you. And I just, I, I love your attitude. And as I said, you know, everything happens for a reason. And one of the things I did mean to say earlier actually was, it's sort of a catchphrase that's going around now, but I think it is very powerful is that life happens for us. It doesn't happen to us. Yes. It's a very, it's a very powerful difference, albeit just one word different, you know, it's only one word, but if you really think about it, it makes such a difference. And when we wake up thinking, Jesus, what is going to, what, what now, like what's happening now today, 
that's coming from a place of fear and lack and, you know, this idea that life happens too. But when we can roll out of bed and go, okay, I understand that whatever is given to me today is happening for my greatest good. Then it really does take the edge off and it, it shines a different light. It's like a different lens. It's like looking at your life through the lens of love rather than the lens of fear. So um, I just wanted to say that I, I, I like that distinction and, and thank you for bringing that up. I look forward to more conversations with you. Those of you that have been listening, please drop us a line. Let, let us know what you thought of this conversation. And please, please, please reach out and buy her book because it's going to change your life. I just know it. Atusa, thank you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for joining. And I will see you next week on The Art of Badassery. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you.